0: What's up, beautiful souls? It's Candy, your spiritual bestie, back with another episode of Real Talk with the Spiritual Bestie. Hey guys, I hope y'all are doing well. Welcome to season four. I'm entering my fourth season of Real Talk with the Spiritual Bestie. And I'm so excited because today I had my mom. Um, I actually had my mom when I sat down. I went to Tampa for my Tia's Homegoing Services. And many of you... um, know that we've been dealing with that within my family but um i went home to tampa and i sat down with my mom and i was like we should record a podcast episode it's something that i have been thinking about and wanting to do but you know timing is everything and divine timing is everything so when i went to tampa my mother and i were able to sit down and just have some mother daughter girl talk i am really excited um um, for today's episode, for those two reasons, being season four opener and having my mother as my first guest, and it's just a testament to how far our relationship has come, and I'm so thankful for the healing that is happening and continues to happen within our relationship because we have definitely had some rough years um, as mother-daughter, um, and I have begun to understand that we are a part of each other's um soul lessons that we were supposed to come down here and learn, um, some things that we were supposed to come down here and do together. So I'm thankful for that. And I just want to send love to all the mothers out there, the mothers that wear many hats, the single mothers, the working moms, the boss moms, the moms that are unemployed, child, the moms that are mothers and wives, or mothers and girlfriends, or mothers and fiancés, the mothers that have lost, the mothers that Um, have fought to keep their children, the mothers that have fought to save their children, the mothers that have lost children, and the mothers that have had desire to birth children but have been unable to. I hold space for all of you. I send love to all of you and I send special love to those that have lost their mothers and are dealing with and grieving the loss of their mothers. Um, I don't know what that feels like. I don't know what it feels like to lose a child, but I can hold space for you guys and I can send love to you and. Encouragements that we have multiple purposes in this life it's not tied to just one thing but I know that being a mother is one of the most beautiful experiences one of the most challenging experiences sometimes a heartbreaking experience but many times we put the needs and desires of our children above ourselves and it takes a very selfless person to bring a child into the world and give them everything that they need despite how you are feeling when you're tired and you're up late with your babies or have been up late um, working on projects with your kids or, or fighting and advocating for them if they have special needs or different things like that. So I send you all love. I send all of my womb men love, all of my um, beautiful souls that have portals within their vessels. I send you all love. I send you all light. I send you all life and healing energy where it is needed. I want to remind my moms especially that if you don't have a self-care routine, that is paramount. Make sure that you have a self-care routine because we cannot pour from an empty cup. None of us can. But as mothers, sometimes we try to. Sometimes we, we try to give even though we have nothing within us. And we have to remember to take care of ourselves because taking care of the self is taking care of those that are connected to us. So I want to remind you that if you don't have a self-care routine, if you don't know what that looks like, sit down and evaluate that. Find something that makes your soul feel good, that replenishes your soul, that recharges your battery, and make sure that you do plenty of that on a regular. You deserve it. You're worthy of it. And I know personally, as a mother, that has been a struggle for me. I have learned how to practice self-care and how to make myself a priority so that I'm good to take care of those that are connected to me. But as a mom, especially early on, I felt very unworthy and undeserving of just things when I knew that my child needed some other things. So there was a balance that had to come because sometimes my child's desires had to be Put on pause so that my needs could be met, and vice versa. So make sure that you have a healthy, replenishing self-care routine. Make sure that you treat yourself not just on Mother's Day but on a regular, you know, that you're taking time to allow yourself to gather your thoughts or to release the energies of the day before you go in and try to interact with your children and make sure that you're cleansing and, and not carrying that energy into your home and making sure that your cup is full so that. That you can give of your overflow because we want to make sure just as they tell us on the plane that we have our oxygen on before we try to help somebody else before we try to secure the oxygen for our children because if we can't breathe and we're the source for them they're not going to be any good they're not going to be able to um make it through and have the support and security that they are looking to us for and that they need from us. And the same with being a partner. So I just want to encourage all of my womb men to love on yourselves, especially for Mother's Day, but every day you deserve it and you're worthy of it. And I'm so excited for today's episode with my mom. because this is a long time coming, honey. It's a long time coming. We have had some very rough Moments in our relationship. And I'm thankful that my mother has done her share of healing. I have done my share of healing and we've been able to come together and do healing on our relationship together. And that's a beautiful thing. So for those of you that may not even be in communication with your mother, maybe she is still here. She is still living, but maybe you're not in communication with your mother. I want to let you know that I know how it feels to be at odds with your mother. I know how it feels to not be sure if you will continue a relationship with your mother. And I know what it's like to feel misunderstood by a mother. And I'm sure that my mother can attest to feeling some of the same things. But I want to encourage you guys not to lose hope and not to lose faith that the relationship can be healed. And... If nothing else, you can receive healing where it's needed so that you can move forward um, with a free heart and through love. So without further ado, let's get into it. Today's episode with my mommy, Sylvia. I call her Sylvie. With my mommy, Sylvie, um, on Real Talk with the Spiritual Bestie. What's up, beautiful souls? It's Candy, your spiritual bestie, back with another episode of Real Talk with the Spiritual Bestie. Hey, y'all. Today I have my mother, Sylvie, with me, and we are doing a special Mother's Day episode. I hadn't had my mom on, I just hit the anniversary of my podcast, so I was like I'm home, you know, we just did my aunt's home going services, which has been really challenging and difficult to go through this process um, as a niece and as, you know, for my cousin that's been going through the grieving process. i am lear- I'm learning so much about it. But also I know my mom, you know, she lost her sister, and it's been one of those things where having a sister and we might get emotional having a sister and watching my mom lose her sister has been very difficult because i love my sister and i know my mom had the same type of relationship with her sister as i have with mine so my heart just broke for her as well as just grieving the loss of my aunt as my aunt you know as my tia so we've been going through this i've been pretty um I've been pretty ghost on social media as a result because I'm learning to respect my needs as they appear in my own life and learning to respect um, my need to rest sometimes, my need to be away sometimes, my need to speak the truth when necessary. So right now my need has been to grieve and I've been respecting that and just kind of stepping back from social media to do that um, privately. So, today my mom um, decided that she would join me on my podcast so we can have a little mommy, daughter, girl talk. And I asked her, you know, just to come and share some of her wisdom. She's been a mom for almost 40 years. And I know that she's learned a lot and knows a lot more than I do at this point. So, here's my mom. Hey,
1: mom. Hey,
0: Candace, good morning, everyone. Good morning. See, my mom's going to call me by my government, okay? So, <laughs> um, thanks for coming on, Ma. I really appreciate it. And thanks for having me. Yeah. So how have you been holding up? Um, it's tough. Um,
1: losing a sister Losing one of your best friends is tough. It's tough. You know, we had plans, and things we, you know, did regularly. We talked almost every day. Um, it's four, four girls, so we were always communicating or getting on the phone, you know. And one was, you know, say, I'm going to call the other one and before we knew it, all four was on the phone making plans for a road trip and laughing because we already knew that if we were going to Georgia, a seven-hour trip, it was going to be ten hours. Or Miami, a four-hour trip, was going to be at least six to seven hours. And because we stop along the way and we laugh and just having a uh, enjoying the journey, taking hundreds of pictures. Yeah, taking pictures, <laughs> taking pictures and. You know, just laughing with each other. And it's just that stuff um, we're going to miss. And even when the three of us now get together, Lila and Annette and I, you know, it feels a little awkward because um, you're tempted to say, hey, call Renee, or I'm going to get Renee, or, you know, where's Renee? And that's the
0: hard part, not having her. So I kind of knew we would probably get emotional and it's so crazy because I hadn't thought about, I thought about us doing an episode like last year, you know, previously, but I literally either dreamed or I was coming out of my sleep, you know, that stage between sleep and awake where you still can kind of be dreaming at the same time. I was like in that, either in that in between or in my um dream state and I was like I need to do an episode with my mom. And I loved how you guys are bonded because I hear so many people talk about like their family, you know, and how their parents may have siblings. And I've never really seen people that are as close as y'all are. You know, y'all get together every month. Y'all take a yearly road trip, or two, all, or, or, two three. or three, all those pictures, y'all can fight, but when it's time to do y'all monthly get together or somebody's birthday, it's like y'all put it all to the side and somebody end up calling, me, calling the other one out and making a joke about it and y'all you know, kind of get past those things. So that's the real bond of sisterhood. Yeah. And that's almost lost, you know, these days. Well,
1: I think sometimes we forget what really matters. And you know, with the sisters, we we didn't always agree and we had disagreements along the way and you know, it took time, bouncing it off the others and everything. And but the love was so strong and our relationship was so You know, it was so real until no one wanted to stay mad. We disagreed, but, you know, we were still adults now and we still loved each other. And as I was riding to the cemetery, I was doing, um, you know, the live Facebook live. And I was saying, you know, it's moments like these when you're headed to the cemetery, that the things that we argue sometimes with people about or disagree about they they're so petty when you um when you're taking that ride to the cemetery it don't even matter it it doesn't matter you know um oh so they didn't pay you back the two hundred dollars but you would give two hundred dollars and more just to have them back you know um they got on your nerves They always said things inappropriately or did something crazy, but you knew they loved you because the blood, we're we're blood. And it's not that serious. When you're Mm -hmm. riding to the cemetery, it's not that serious. A car accident, um, you know, a, um, a sudden death. You realize that sometimes we just take things way out of proportion and we hold on to the anger versus holding on to the love and that's hard sometimes it's hard sometimes when especially when you just have petty family members and you know, we don't like to you know say that or real um, it, it hurts to when you realize that when you see seeing other families fighting over what that deceased individual has left or who's who and what's what, when you see them squabbling over, you know, their belongings, that's materialistic. It doesn't matter. Mm. Be- they're gone. And you say, I, I don't want to be like that. And so you have to make a conscious effort not to be like that. It's consciousness. And a lot of times we just kind of live life haphazardly, but to make a conscious decision that I'm not going to be like that irregardless of how someone else may, you know, may choose to live their life, I'm not stupid to the level. I live my life at a highest standard. So I don't respond to the pettiness as much as it's, so yeah, I'm human, it angers me, pisses me off, and you know, I wanna reach out and touch them. <laughs> but, um, you know, at the end of the day, they're still family too, and it's not that serious for me. Yeah. Everything I've, I've obtained in my life, I've worked for it, mm-hmm. you know. And so um, whatever my sister has left here in this earth, you know, I didn't have it. It was hers to begin with. You know, what she wanted me to have, she made that clear. And so I'm not tripping with the rest, anybody. And, you know, the sisters are standing together and we're standing strong even in the midst of chaos sometimes, you know? And so we love each other and we show each other we love each other.
0: The beauty is that at least, you know, through y'all loss, y'all have each other. Because I, you know, these moments, of course, make you think about your own life and how, like, how it feels looking at Courtney, how it feels to lose a mom. How would that feel? How could that feel? You know, what kind of emptiness does that leave? Because that's some something that although you learn to continue living right. Live with you us. never get over it.
1: No, it's um well you
0: I'm know, sure. I you lost know. my
1: dad, I was five years old. And so my mom was everything, you know, and then I had my grandparents, but then I lost my grandparents. And I But remember- to kind of go
0: back, not to interrupt you, kinda going back, your parents and your grandparents were immigrants. Right. So to come over here, they came for the American dream, so to speak. Yeah, for a better life. For a better life. Right. That was the the, you know, sale of the American dream, right? They right. come from Honduras. They met the Americans, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Yes, they met the Americans. But, but yeah. coming over here, I'm sure they had dreams and, and things that they share together. Like, we're right. gonna go over here, this is the life we wanna create for our kids that we hadn't, haven't had yet. Right,
1: opportunities um, certainly are greater in America than it is in third world countries, absolutely. Education is, is, is better, um, medical is better, jobs, maybe, maybe the medical. jobs are better, opportunities, you know, are better, but the obstacles are here. Mm-hmm. So, my mom, remember my mom talking about obstacles, you know, and things, how she was treated being an immigrant, you know. it's so many different levels of prejudice because if you saw my mom, you would think she was a white woman. But the white people that saw my mom saw her as less than, and they treated her as such.
0: What were some of the things she shared?
1: Well, one instance was she was working for a lady and the lady was really really controlling of my mom. So she had my mom's passport, she had my mom's green card and it would be freezing cold and she would tell my mom, you're to go to the bus stop with these children and you don't leave until they get on that bus. And so she had to stand out in the cold with somebody else's kids when she had her own children that was left in someone else's care while she was working because my father again had died when we were five and then um, he died and it was seven of y'all right seven of us and the oldest was 12. so it was 12 11 10 8 7 5 and 3. so i was the the baby the knee baby as they call it the second to the the last child so she um found another job another person wanted her to work for them and this lady didn't want to let her go and she refused to give her her green card or her passport and she was just you know she even on her days off she couldn't leave the house she couldn't leave um the lady's premises and you know stuff like that and so when she found another job she the lady wouldn't give her her passport or green card. So there was a a white gentleman that, you know, went and he called the police. And when the police arrived, they told the lady, if you do not give her her passport and her green card, we will be taking you to jail. But those type of things and, you know, my mom spoke Spanish, but and my parents, my grandparents and my mom, my parents. But we didn't learn Spanish because my mom thought that their culture was, you know, would cause problems for us. And so they she wouldn't teach us Spanish. We heard them speak Spanish, but we didn't understand it because we were never taught. Just little words here and there. And they were always threatened with taking, you know, put it sending them out of the country. Taking their green cards, falsely accusing them of things—same stuff that you're still dealing with now on a broader, uh, a broader base.
0: It's just broader. Um, the only difference is you have the internet now.
1: Yeah, and so she, they would threaten to take their green cards or threaten to put them out of the country, so out of the U.S. So um, a lot of stuff that they dealt with. Um, and so my godmother, Miss Norma was working here and the people she was working for knew others that wanted um, um, a housekeeper made, so to speak. I guess that's what basically what it was because you're caring for their children and cleaning their houses. And so she was the one that got my mom here um, um, because she, she told my mom because they were little girls growing up in Honduras and they were friends and so she was telling my mom, she said, as soon as I get a chance, I'm gonna get you up. And so when the other people wanted, some other ones wanted um, someone to come and work and keep their home, she told them about my mom and that's how my mom got here. So that's how we all, you know, ended up here, born in the States versus born in Honduras because my mom and dad had met in Honduras, but, different parts but my dad actually lived for a short time on the island that my mom lived on and so she knew him but they met again here in the states and that's a whole another long story
0: That's <laughs> funny too yeah I heard some tings honey yeah baby <laughs> so so I mean growing up with your mother was one of the biggest lessons that maybe or something that you remember maybe not the biggest lesson but just something you remember her teaching or showing or telling you and then what's something that she never that was never spoken but you learned from her
1: well my mom knew that with seven children and being the only parent you know she she was very strict on us
0: that was well, major. back in the day,
1: that was pretty much across the board because if your neighbor, if the neighbor saw us do something, they could spank our behinds, and then they told her, and I mean you know, we they, they, she had her own jail system pretty much, you know and we didn't want to deal with her I mean, she could be out of town and I was scared to skip school you know, but my mom I watched my mom you know, try, um, do everything to make ends meet. And my mom could take and budget off of my father's social security and feed, clothe, and shelter all seven of her kids because she didn't waste. And I think that's one of the advantages sometimes of coming from nothing. You know, um, when you come from a third world country or even being black in America, we don't have the same privileges all the way across the board. There are some you see that are successful and, you know, get the good jobs and everything. Um, you can have the education here in Tampa and you're not going to have the same opportunities that others of the uh, uh, other race have with that same piece of paper. Yeah,
0: yeah so. I I realized in moving out of Tampa how segregated, yeah, and prejudiced Tampa really is. Yeah, really, it's is. so divided too. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go certain places where to this day white people look at you like, "What are you doing over here?" Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, unfortunately. Um, I think that's, that's going to be a divide. We just go always deal with, you know, um, prejudice of every kind.
0: Yeah.
1: So she budgeted and lived off of my father's social security with seven children. She did work. She did do house cleaning on her own terms. And she had some very good people that she worked for. She worked for the Aglianos. Um, at the fish market and their home in Davis Island, which her and Miss Agliano became friends to the point that mom, she just wanted my mom to come there and watch the soap operas with her. <laughs> and you know, so, but she would, you know, she was, her outlet was gambling. She wasn't a, a drinker or a, a clubber, but she gambled. And you know, hey, luck, she said, you never know the luck of a dirty cat. <laughs> so she would yeah, gamble,
0: fan. And
1: she would yeah. But I will tell you this my mom paid the 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 rent was the mortgage was never late. The light bill was never late. The water bill was never late. We had food. We had clothing. My mom had a car. We did not go without. We had gut go- the world's greatest grandparents as well to just kind of because as you know raising kids you always you need an outlet sometimes you just need adults and you just need space quietness and so we you know we spent a lot of time with our grandparents too but that was her thing but that's the one thing that i learned from my mom take care of your bills pay your bills, keep a roof over your head, keep transportation and keep your job because you need a, uh, transportation to get to work and you need a roof over your head and you, you know, you make it with the food mm-hmm. you know how to stretch meals, what meals can be stretched and you know so I learned that from my mom and the thing that I missed was not having my dad so I wanted to make sure that my children had a father in their lives. And so I wasn't about, I I didn't sleep around for that simple reason. I was not trying to get pregnant and left with a child to raise by myself because I knew what it was like not having a dad, you know. Um, That was one thing that I wanted to do and make sure that my children had their father and he was a good father, he was a good provider. And so um, I did what I set out to do and to create a family and a close family to the point that I think at, even as you guys growing up and being adults now, I see the closeness you know, that you all have. And it makes me feel great. I see the women that you and Ken, you and Christy have become the mothers. It makes me feel good. You know, And some of my, you know, one a hurtful Christmas when you guys pulled together and you pulled together Christmas dinner. You know, We I had gone through the divorce or separation. We were separated. And I saw you girls step up so big and I was like, Look at my girls. And it made me feel good.
0: Yeah, you needed a break that yeah, but you done, sis. You back on duty. So what have you learned? Like, okay, you went through you got married. How old were you? Eighteen. Ooh. So you went from 18 to how old were you when you got divorced? I think fifty. I think 50, 51. Wow, so your all your adult life.
1: All my adult life.
0: You were somebody's woman. Yeah, I was one man's woman. And the evolution from 18 to 50. What do you what have you learned in that span? Like kind of looking back over the timeline. Mm-hmm. What would you tell 18-year-old Sylvia as a wife, as a mom, that you wish somebody would have told you? Um,
1: Plan. Plan and go after your dreams before you start a family. Before you put other people's goals and dreams ahead of your own. Live your life. So maybe I shouldn't have gotten married when I got married. That was the norm though. But it was the norm. It was a different mindset, it was a different time. And I did, I don't, you know, I'm gonna say I regret anything because Mm -hmm. I did everything I was supposed to do. You know, I did what I was supposed to do when I had kids, you know, all of that, I could not put my goals and my dreams and aspirations ahead of my children. Y'all didn't ask to come here. So um, everything was about you guys, making sure you had everything you needed. If it meant I worked two jobs, three jobs, whatever I needed to do to help your father, Take care of our family, for you guys to have private education, because I wanted y'all to have better than what I had. And I think any good mother, that's her really, her heart is for her child to have better than what she had. I want you guys to get it faster than I got it. Enjoy it longer than I'll have the opportunity to enjoy it, you know and then pass that on to the next generation to get it faster than you got it Mm -hmm. and you know going through um, 32 years of marriage and to and and it ends and I have a high school diploma but you have a doctorate degree that was not a balance Mm -hmm. you know Um, And that's what I want you guys to have is a balance. I want you to be with someone that's not thinking of just themselves being successful, but they're concerned about your success. Because what if it wasn't that a divorce took place? But what if it was death? So you left me in a position and I allowed you to leave me in that position of not having anything more than a high school diploma so at 51 i find myself starting all over mm-hmm. starting all over on a job a good benefits a job that has good benefits but the pay with the cost of living there's not a balance you know so um you know i that's one of the things i, I want you guys to get it faster get it quicker and you know all take care of yourselves take care of yourself, you know, time for yourself, pampering yourself, loving yourself, you know, because sometimes we get in relationships and we allow our spouses to dictate to us who we are, what we what we look like, who, you know, and how we feel about ourselves because we're basing it off what they think of us. And when they stop thinking good things of us, We don't have anything but negative things. What did I do wrong? What, you know, what didn't I do? Mm -hmm. You know, I did, and the same thing I told you guys, I gave you my best. If I had the silver platter, I would certainly have given that to you. But one thing I made sure I did, I gave you my best. And so when I gave you my best, I had no apologies. And I don't like living my life with regrets. When my mom passed, I had done everything I could possibly do within my means. For my mother, the regrets I had was the things I wanted to do, and I just couldn't. I don't live my life with regrets. That's why I'm very, very mindful. Even when I, i rather walk away from someone arguing because I don't want to say something that I really, really don't mean and that I really, really, really will regret and I can't take it back. So I'll walk away, and you can say and call me whatever you please, but I'm at peace because I'm not living my life with regrets. And I'ma tell you, that takes a lot sometimes Mm. to bite your tongue, but to walk away, I live the fight another
0: day. Mm. Shout out to Pops on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Pops on Friday you say you live to fight another day y'all remember that when Craig was trying to go out with the gun Mm -hmm. the shoot worm
1: (laughs) bang 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 (laughs) yeah
0: so what did you learn about yourself that you didn't know while you were going through a divorce
1: that I had lost me I was so into his goals his dreams raising my children, that I didn't take time for Sylvia. I just went out of town here recently um, and visited my friend in South Carolina, Gwen. I gassed up and I went out of town to Gwen's. And I felt so free because I had always asked permission to do things, not permission, out of respect. Because when you're in a relationship, you show respect to that person. Um,
0: But it began to feel like you was asking permission to live your life.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you mind if I go? Do you mind if I do? Do you mind if I buy? You know, but I didn't see that. I saw them spinning freely, going freely, you know. Um, telling me at the last minute that they what they were going to do, and that's when you know all respect was lost. You know you you disrespected me so badly, and it, I, I finally felt like I was able to love me and do something that I wanted to do without asking anybody's permission, not without worrying about anybody needing. Or that I was leaving or neglecting any responsibilities. It felt so liberating. And, you know, I'm just um, looking forward to that. You know, looking forward to just enjoying my life.
0: Mm -hmm. Ayama Benzant is one of the first people I ever heard say, the longest and most important relationship you'll ever have is the one with yourself. Yeah. And... She said, you ain't in a relationship with nobody else. You're in a relationship with yourself and what you see in those relationships is a reflection of what needs to be loved and attended within. Mm. And I was like, that is really profound because I look back at past relationships I've had and I realized that there were certain parts of me when i was in abusive relationships where i was abusing myself not physically but in other ways you know i was um abusive to myself unloving to myself Mm -hmm. you know and once i started to work on those other things i began to realize that i could recognize that person entering before they even you know stepped in my face i could recognize that energy before i allowed that person to get too close to me yeah so what if you learned about being a mother from 18 to oh, 50 question y'all, mark y-
1: y'all were just everything you know what your needs were were the most important thing to me you know everything i took jobs i was willing to work for it for my family. That was my whole objective. When I had kids, I stopped living for me. I started living for my children to make sure y'all had everything that I could afford to give you. And there were more there was more stuff that I wanted to do. You know? So, I guess I don't want to live with regrets, but I have regrets. But my regrets are not of neglect. It's just I couldn't do anymore and I wanted to do more, you know? So I'll take those regrets over regrets of hurting people and not being able to take that back, doing something to cause somebody else harm and not being able to take that back. I'll take those regrets of knowing that I did my best versus not doing So. Yeah, I took jobs for you guys and make sure I wanted you guys to stay in private school because I wanted you to have the upper hand. I want you to have the best that private school could offer only to find out that, you know, they weren't offering you the very best as I thought it was. But I worked the second job, third job, if it took that for you guys to stay in private school because yeah. i wanted you to just be in a smaller setting so that you got more attention but i think you probably experienced some things probably started experiencing the um prejudiceness as little kids when i thought that I swore i was protecting you guys from Mm-hmm. so you know
0: it's um yeah me and charles were actually just talking about some of those experiences um uh, about a, a couple weeks ago you know about our experiences in private school and some of it was um, traumatic because you realized you were being targeted and you knew like just energetically you could tell you could feel the vibe was off you could feel like yeah but you didn't know but prejudice. you didn't know what prejudice was because right. you were kids we right were in middle school elementary school but you when know? y'all
1: came home when you came home and told me about that teacher um, having the whole class laugh at you the next morning.
0: Child, my mom was, was up there. I was up there. She had, She was up there on he her. He thought he was going to ignore
1: me. And when he turned around to close his office door, honey, I was in that office, and I said, "Let me tell you something." <clears throat> and so, you know, I did every. I, I just tried to give you guys my best at all, you know, at, at, um, you know, the best I could. I wanted to give you guys more. I still wanna give you guys more, you know, I really do. I want you guys to have the upper hand. I want you to win at, at life. I want you to, you know, um, pursue your dreams. I want you to accomplish your dreams, meet your goals, live, and pass that on to your children. And, and that's the, the thing, you know, with with um with um parents, I you know, I uh if you have a parent that's a musician, a singer, a mechanic, an artist, whatever you are, I believe in emptying everything that's in you into your child. Because that child took you know, um, genes from you and genes from from that that father, and so if you're a singer, you may not have made it on the level that you wanted to get to. But that child has your genes. You may not, you may be a musician, and you may not have gotten accomplished the things that you wanted to at the timing that you wanted to. But that child, that's your seed. And so that's why I would pour everything I could into you guys as far as motherhood and as far as family. That's what I knew because I had a grandmother that would wrestle in the floor with me between commercials on her soap operas. But at the same time, she would sit and she would talk to me and she said, Vita, let me tell you something. You respect yourself. And I hear my grandmother and she's been dead for 39 years, 36 years. And I still hear the wisdom that she passed on. And so we're passing things on to our children and you wanna pass, even if I learn something right now today, you know, I wanna pass it on to y'all because I want you guys to have the opportunity to get it quicker, get it faster, and to enjoy living a life of wisdom, living a life of accomplishments and your joy, I
0: got you. Well, you know, and each of us has our own lessons to learn in this process. That's true. So a mother can only do so much for her child, and then there's a point where she has to let that bird fly. Oh, yeah. And um, I've realized that, and I take those lessons. There's, I mean, so much about being a wife and a mother that I've learned just from watching you. And I think a a lot of times, we as parents can sometimes forget that our children learn more of what they see Mm -hmm. and less of what they hear us tell them. Right. You know? And that's why
1: it's important also that especially our young, young men and young women today, it's important that you realize that your kids are not hearing what you're saying until later on in life but they're they're looking at what you're doing Mm. and so how they see you treat a woman is how they're going to treat a woman irregardless of what they know better to do that's what they saw you. if they saw daddy smacking mama when he got upset and she didn't do what he said that's what that kid's going to do to somebody else's daughter somebody else's sister if if um if um, you know, you that that little girl sees mommy getting beat up, that's what she thinks is acceptable. Mm-hmm. So we're teaching our kids by not only what we say, but more so by what we do and what we allow them to see and do. And
0: sometimes so, even that energy is passed on yeah. through the DNA because look, oh at, God. look at look yeah. at Poncho and Uncle Jerry. <laughs>
1: hey, leave my baby alone. Yeah, but I mean, because Jerry was not in Poncho's life.
0: It's no possible way he could have influenced.
1: But but that DNA is so, so strong and so powerful. I mean, and and so it's not just the bad things though. Mm -hmm. It's the good things. Grandpa was a, a person that gave, he would give a stranger the shirt off his back. Even to him being in the nursing home and you know, with the dementia, he was like, one day we were there and he said, hey, I want some coffee. And we were like, his, so Georgia was playing along with him, so she was like, yeah, daddy. And he said, well, look up in that cabinet. He was pointing above his bed, look in this cabinet and get the coffee and make coffee for everybody. And he said, oh, make enough for my crew. In Gramps' mind, he was on the ship. We were looking at the cabinet in the kitchen on the ship and he was telling us to make enough coffee for not just his children, his grandchildren, but his crew. He was a very selfless man. Mm -hmm. He would give anybody, help anybody. And so, we have that though the good traits are passed on there are good things that we do pass on to our kids and we want to focus on that um to pass those good things on to our children as well mm-hmm. you know and that's why i was saying even with you guys when i was going through the separation divorce you guys the good things came out you pulled together or oh, we're still having that christmas dinner we're just gonna have Christmas Eve dinner. And so now it's changed even for us going on after we were able to um, regroup that Christmas in Orlando, when we finally got closure and realized, okay, this is the family, we have to move on as this family. We started having Christmas Eve dinners and Christmas is so much fun. It's always been fun, but it's just gotten even better. And we're passing that on to your children, your son, to Christie's children, to Coco's daughter now. So we're passing it on and we're having so much fun that hey that's the things that we want to pass on family values family togetherness to our children so I I love it
0: you have to keep moving with the ones that want to be family you know I realize I've been coming to this realization because when you want, when you understand the power of a story of immigrants leaving everything that the, that was somewhat comfortable, because even in uncomfortable situations, we find comfort because it's comfort in the familiarity. Mm-hmm. But immigrants coming and leaving everybody and everything that they knew and coming somewhere completely new where they knew and had already been hearing about the discrimination, about the threats, about the things that you need to look out for. You know, coming here despite all that, making those sacrifices, because some people are unwilling to make the sacrifices to even get better, to get something better, to experience and live that change. So, I realized the power in my story coming from my grandparents and my great grandparents that I was blessed enough to know right. and have a relationship with. Right. And it's just almost like sometimes that, you know, you you're trying to keep the bonds connected, and it's so frustrating and it's so hurtful when you go through a time like what we're going through, and everybody still comes together, but it's so separated, yeah. so distant. Yeah. Um, And really, with the exception of, you know, one small group, it's like you look at everybody else and you're like, but why? Why are we so separated? Why is there so much um, division, unspoken, you know? Well, sometimes um, people have different values
1: and... Again, you you know, even though you're my daughter, you have different views and opinions, you know. And so even though all seven of us were raised together, you grow up, you experience some things in life and you have values that you then share with your children. And it's it's still the bond is still there, but it's not, I guess, as tight as it could be. Uh, Or as tight as we would all like it to be. But I guarantee you that each and each one of the children, the uh, siblings, families, there's some type of bond that draws them together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my sisters and I, we started talking about, hey, we need to um, bounce stuff off of each other because... We all have kids around the same age. We all have, we're all working towards goals. And so we would talk about different things. We talked about, hey, let me tell you now, you got to pull back because we're mothers. So you got to pull back and you got to let them, you got to let them find out for themselves. You got to let them do. But if we keep doing it, they're not going to do it. But if you pull back, you'll be amazed at what they can do. And so we had to coach each other. We were each other's coaches through uh, raising our kids. We were coaching each other. We coached each other through finances, talking about our finances and budgeting and and um, retirement, setting goals and trying to retire. You know what I'm saying? You Some goals you're not going to meet. You're not going to reach. You know, Renee was looking to retire, but she didn't reach that goal. But we coached each other as sisters through some of the stuff and we still do. You know, we still do. There's some things pending um in regards to, you know, maybe some of Renee belongings and stuff like that. And you know. We're still talking about those things, and we're not going at it one person or, you know, uh, leaving anybody behind. We're still standing together, and um, the theme for our church this year was still standing. And, and that was in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of everything that's happening in the world, we're still standing. And Renee was in the hospital and she was telling me that she said, I'm still standing, sis. She said, tell the pastor, I said, I'm still standing. Tell him I said, I'm still standing. I said, yeah, Renee, you do what you know. And, you know, we just had that kind of bond and the three of us are still standing trying to draw strength from one another, crying all the while. But I love the relationship that I have with them. I love the relationship that I have with you guys because I know I raised you in the church, but I have to allow you each to be individuals and live your life, be happy. That's what I want. I want you to remember the things that I taught you. Learn from my mistakes because I made them. I did. I made mistakes. But learn from mom's mistakes and, you know, live your life. Teach your son. Teach people like you're doing with this recording right now. You're sharing your life experiences to help somebody to have guidance, to have wisdom, to reach, set goals, and reach, reach forward. You can, if you, anything that you set to do and you just stay consistent at it, Kendall, you will accomplish it. Mm-hmm. And that is what I found with just regrouping starting all over i had bills and just my trying to pay bills off and trying to get where i could live so that i wasn't living paycheck to paycheck but for the last seven years that's what i've been doing struggling because i'm rebuilding and and trying to live at the same time because these bills just don't stop. But I stayed consistent at trying to pay off this one bill and then something else will happen I have to add back on the credit card. But I kept staying consistent until now I'm starting to see progress. And so live your life. You know, be a... An asset to society be a good person you know you you're gonna run into jerks I don't care how many times you change jobs they have they have um, positions for jerks and I have met every job I've gone on I've met people that have tried to speak against me and tried to sabotage my life and Candace theirs end up falling apart because I know I don't have evil intent toward people. Um, Going through the divorce, it was hard. It was difficult. And it took me time to just let go of it. It was done. It's done. I don't wish any harm. I don't have any hate in my heart. I'm free and i feel free and i had a dream that let me know when i wasn't i had a dream and in the dream it was i was so angry and it it was i was so angry until when i woke up from the dream i could feel that heat and it disturbed me and i prayed and i kept praying about it and i saw this minister on television and the the scriptures and the message he talked about relationships and I stopped and I was able to release that. A few weeks later I had another dream. And in this dream I was not angry. I was calm. And I knew then that I had gotten that release that break I was able to let go of some angers about the whole divorce and what led to it. I made mistakes in my marriage. He made mistakes in the marriage. And life happened. And I'm okay. I'm okay. And I'm looking forward to living the rest of my life, however long it may be. just enjoying life free 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 but I know I want I know what I need the type of person I need in my, I know I can't deal with a selfish person in my life so I know I have things that I'm weeding out in what gels with me and I at least have to have it where the love I give the sacrifices I make of reciprocated and I see that person working with me, not against me, working for me as I work for them. And to have unity. That's a partnership. It's a partnership. And it's when you lose that partnership and you know you feel like you know more than your your spouse, you start you know, taking off without your partner and you can't, you know, it, the Bible say, how can two walk together except they be in agreement? And so if you two are not agreeing, you're not walking together. You're walking by yourself. And when you start separating what's supposed to be one into and you're splitting off again because when you come together it says that the two shall become one um that's why we don't have two different last names we got the same last name you know what I'm saying What about
0: a hyphenation child?
1: The two <laughs> two shall become one but then when you start splitting that again that tearing away hurts it's the worst pain, it's one of the worst pains I felt. It's different from death. When I lost my mom, I was getting ready to say, um, early on when my mom died, I remember one time being in the grocery store as a little kid with my grandmother. And I wandered over a couple of aisles from her. In the grocery store, you know, when you're a kid, everything looks bigger. And I could not find her. And I started panicking and I screamed, I was screaming for her and she was like, I'm right here. That's what it felt like when my mom died. After you lose both parents, you just kind of feel like you're left all alone. Mm. I can't even explain it, but it's, it's a strange feeling that you just feel like the two people that came together and created you and brought you into this world, they're all gone. The grandparents are all gone, the parents are gone. It is, I felt so alone. I got. I have had six other siblings and I felt so alone. I have three children and I felt so alone, four grandchildren, but I felt so alone. Well, three grandchildren at that time. But I felt so alone. So, and I find in that each death, there are different feelings that you feel. The pain is intense, but it's different. It's different, you know. I I lost my mom. I was like, it was crazy because so much living in her house, so much reminds me of her. um Still hear her talking trash. <laughs> you know, and now losing my sister, you know, the last thing, the last time she called me in the hospital, very weak, she said, Cody, and she said it with, you know, the Honduras accent, and she said, Cody, and I said, yeah, child, what you doing? She said, right here. (laughs) You know, we talk like our mom. And we talk like our mom even more now that she's gone. When we get together, for some reason, the girls just all start talking like our mom. But I know it's because we miss her. And we're just holding on to
0: memories. So tell me something that you learned from... I'm going to start with the baby, Leela. Tell me something you've learned from Leela as maybe, you know, just over the years. Leela
1: is Miss Corporate America. Corporate America has shaped my sister. Leela <laughs> used to make me so angry because... She went through a divorce, and until you sometimes walk through those shoes, walk in those shoes, you really don't understand some things, and Leela had to busy herself, and so every time we would say, hey, you know, let's um, let's get together and do such and such, she'd say, I have to check my calendar, I have to check my, my calendar, and I'm like girl this is no got there this is not got there in uh, corporate America I said you know what forget that crap I don't even want to just don't even worry about it and so I would get angry with her not understanding that she was trying to fill her life so that she didn't feel that hurt and that loneliness so much so she would do some everything. Lila was I went walking with her one one Saturday morning Me, Renee and I both went like 5 o'clock in the morning and walked from the YMCA on Palm to the YMCA downtown and so they would walk walk some run some and Lila was challenging us now Lila will push you um because she wants the best for you, and she's she so she um she exercises all the time, and so she's always pushing us, and so she would say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna walk, and then when we get to that corner, we're gonna run to the next corner, and we I mean we're doing everything we can to hold on, and then when we got to the the YMCA downtown, there were seven flights of stairs.
0: Mm-hmm. We've Oh, and done this route with. Williams. Lord have
1: mercy. And so I'm like trying to hang. Well, when I got to like the fifth flight of stairs, I started throwing up. And I was like calling her and like, hey, um, I'm dying here. <laughs> and so she said, where are you? I said, I'm like on the fifth flight. And, you know, so her and the trainer, Ricky, came running. But, um, you know, she she's stronger. And I think all of us are. We're stronger than we think we are. And that was the shocker for Leela during this whole ordeal with Renee. I went there and the doctor was asking me to make decisions and saying, are you Leela? And I said, no. And she was like, well, um, Leela's her surrogate to speak for her, so I need to speak to Leela. And so I went and I called called Leela and at that point I'm falling apart. So Lila was like, You need me to come? I said, Yes, I need you to come. Because she was really standing stronger than I was. Um, and I know we walk by faith, but at that moment, you know, sometimes though you have moments when your faith is really challenged and you can't shake what you're seeing. Well, despite
0: faith, you still have situations right. that even us being spiritual beings, it's still a human aspect. We were given yeah. these emotions, right. all of them, even fear. You know, fear has its place. All of these emotions that we experience have their place. So we can't, like, I, I've i learned that I can still have faith and go through my emotional state because that's that's where I was in this process. You know, I had already seen her some things prior to her transition, prior to when her and Uncle Rex were sick at the same time, you know, I was giving some messages that I wasn't ready to receive and so i still stood on my stood yeah. on my faith that a miracle right. yeah. um but i also surrendered to whatever was the divine's plan
1: yeah and i and and that's what i kept saying at the beginning and in my heart i knew that saying that renee was in god's hands meaning god was in control mm-hmm and she was in God's hands, I knew that even though I'm believing this, he said, our ways are not his ways, neither our thoughts, his thoughts. So sometimes the thoughts we have are good thoughts and good desires, but that's not his plan. And so I had to, at the time that I'm saying that Renee's in his hands, submit my will and my heart of what I wanted to his plan and what he had planned for Renee. And so that's easier said than done. And it was one of those moments. And so Lila and I, you know, that was the one time they allowed us to swap out. And um, Lila, you know, showed such tremendous strength. And so from her, I really She's organized and she's stronger than she appears, but her heart is for her family and hands down, you know? And so we had to have hard conversations. We really had to have heart to heart and we had to have hard conversations when it came to our sister. And so that's what I see with Lila. Um, I see the love for her family I see Lila will fight for her family you know and we all will and so we have to to harness that um, um, and keep that under control Mm -hmm. that we don't we're not flighty in our mindsets and do foolish things, you know, and, and, and do just just act irresponsible because of our emotions for our family. So um great strength there. Um and I mean if it wasn't that I know you and Christy and my son Charles, um I would leave Leela in charge. She would be so angry with me if I did, but because I know I have three responsible adults that will do what they know I want, I don't have to do that. Annette 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 is gonna stand on her faith, regardless, and she's gonna keep you focusing on not what you see with your eyes, but what you see that the word of God says she's going to, she's going to do that. She's going to, um, she, Annette is quiet, but Annette is a real no nonsense type of person. So you can rush up on her thinking that, oh, she's quiet and she's the easy one, but she's very, very direct. And if it's not what, if it's not right, she will check you. And he, she she's not gonna she's not gonna be um, she's not gonna sugarcoat it. She's gonna be very direct about it. So Annette is um, she's a silent killer to me. Yeah, yeah, she's that per- that because she's the one that you underestimate, like
0: right? And before yeah, you know it, you'll be dead. <laughs> right.
1: Me and, me and Leela running around here with guns and i sit there and just, don't worry about it.
0: Guns and a machete. <laughs> yeah, we we running
1: around here, you know, like barbarians and Annette around machete. here with a bottle of poison. And you just uh, drunk the dog on Jim Jones juice and didn't even know it. And she just saying, don't fight it. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It, that poison's gonna kick in just, in mm, just a minute. Now. She ain't gonna mess up her she nails. Is not, no, she's not gonna mess up her nails. She ain't gonna mess up her nails. Child. And she's not gonna argue with you. You know, Renee. Renee. Renee was our big sister. Our bougie mm. diva, Queen Elizabeth. Taylor.
0: Queen Elizabeth. Elizabeth Taylor. Queen Elizabeth, <laughs> Elizabeth, Taylor. Queen Elizabeth... Taylor is yes. what my grandma used to call. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
1: Renee was the big sister, and she just everything had to be perfect. Renee wanted everything. No Sylvia doesn't look right. No Leela, No Annette. That's not always, she, that a lie. She always everything has open. to be a certain way. She'll paint the hat. Daryl paint the whole kitchen, and then turn around. Oh, Daryl, I don't like that color. And go and get another color, and he'll paint it again. So they were funny together, um, because of, um, she had the, uh, uh, the decorating ideas, but he was the laborer. <laughs> so, Miss Particular, but yeah, so particular, and I didn't, and I used to, I teased my gra- my godmother because her and Renee was so much alike. I was like, oh my gosh, you and Renee both are so particular, but. Renee is not in any more pain, I mean, physically, mentally. She she battled depression for a long time. She was battling within herself, and so um, she's not in any emotional pain. There's no one else that can hurt her anymore. There are no more disappointments that Renee can receive from anyone, you know, any more letdowns. You know, uh, in life, sometimes those things got the better, better of her. You know, and just things that have happened in her life. You know, um, she just she, you know, on her until to her dying day, she wanted um, her relationship with her son, and you know, she had made made many many attempts to have that. And unfortunately, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't reciprocated, but that's the peace that I live with now, that my sister's in no more pain, no more worries, no more heartaches. Nobody can get to it now.
0: And the journey she's on, she yeah. don't need the materialistic things that- Right. That it's, she might've wanted or needed here. Right. And, there's um, a greater there was a greater purpose behind her journey you know um, I don't believe that we leave until our assignment has been fulfilled and that assignment may be something that we don't even think was our assignment when we got here you well,
1: know I can tell you that had Renee left here a year or two earlier my my sister's whole life was internal. She was so, so depressed and she battled depression so greatly until I know that at the time that Renee left here,
0: she was in a much better state. And so she had learned what she needed to learn here, you know, in this in this journey.
1: Yeah, and you know, I would have you know, I think sometimes like I got it, you know, the rat race. At the end of the day, and this is it, and I'm over it. So, you know, I've gotten the points that I just didn't care if I lived or died either. And I'm just like.
0: Because it can Man. be frustrating when you feel yeah. like you're just on a losing team right it can be frustrating because i i used to feel like that i used to feel like well why wasn't i you know born in this in this setup in this situation you know why didn't i have this why didn't i have that you know why these parents i didn't have that why these people you know (laughs) why did y'all why did y'all give me these people you know but (laughs) you learn over the years to start and i mean that that last summer i spent that summer after i came from atlanta and spent the summer here before i ended up going to um to texas i really was in a low space i had gotten a, a good job and then my position was really like a false because they hired me as a filler yeah to give somebody else my position by setting <laughs> the me up. Nurtiness of life,
1: you know. Yeah. That's just some of the things in life.
0: Like I literally got hired just so they could set me up, right? So they could give somebody else I ain't my position. Say no more on
1: that, because we'll
0: stay. Here that was all dirty day long, about
1: but that's the games that um, corporate America plays, um, and sometimes even giving you a position for you to fail.
0: Yeah, literally, you know, literally, literally set me you up. You know, those are little, little dirty
1: games that 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 take place in. And, and uh, hey, it's just you know, but God graces us to maneuver and yet still live because, um, like I was saying, with uh, coming from a third world country. You know, my mom could make it off of my father's social security. My dad, at one point, only made $14 a week. And my mom was, till, till every Christmas, every Christmas I heard her tell me about the Christmas that she had nothing to give to her children, all she had was a piece of fruit. And my mom would cry about that. And so I would make sure my mom had Christmas trees, Christmas lights, Christmas gifts, and she would just go on and tell me I, would, I wasn't gonna have because I spend too much. And I said, well, once you're gone, I can't give it to you, mom. So I would give to my mama. I don't care if it was my last because my mom gave to me when I could do nothing for myself. And even though my mom was hard, there are lessons that learn, that I learned. We have a piece of everybody that has affected our lives or been in our lives. There's a piece of them that makes us up as we go through this life. We pick mm-hmm. up pieces of people. Mm-hmm. And um, I choose to pick, I try to take the good qualities that I see and learn and the bad qualities I try to just learn, be, from. learn from not to do you know because mm-hmm. you can still learn a lesson from what you see that's not right you know how did that make you feel then you don't want to make anyone else feel like that so that's not something you keep because I saw something on Facebook the other day and it was like you know you don't know what somebody you may see someone and you you have no idea what they're going through so be kind and it don't cost us anything. It doesn't cost anything just to be kind. But you don't know how you're affecting somebody else's life. What influence you're having, good or bad. That's That feels good when you know that you've affected someone and somebody's not somewhere crying, contemplating suicide or revenge <laughs> because of something that oh, you God. did. Or both. You know? do <laughs> <laughs> take me with you. i to take go. come with me. No, let's no. Go. Listen, no, don't
0: take me with you. I'm not done. I got things to do. We Scorpios are about revenge only. We ain't down with the suicide. Well, okay, we're gonna
1: Yeah, so pop um, that in you know, I'm just saying, you feel better about yourself and then when you you have to protect that good that person that you are so you're gonna have challenges where people are gonna curse you out and you could curse them out you know all the cuss words shoot i know how to double up triple up on the bad boys but <laughs> you know i choose not to stoop to those levels because of what i used to tell them is i can be like you any day but to be me i choose to be this you have to choose to be the good the better the bigger person and it has its rewards i'm telling you you sleep a whole lot better at night when you're not keeping notebooks on i'm not gonna forgive this person because they did this to me they did that to me i'm not gonna forgive this person and i gotta watch that joker because they did this to they me and that to me and the next thing you know and instead of you being a, a book read by men your life being a book read by men you sitting there keeping books on people because of the thing you holding on to all the hurts and the disappointments and the frustrations that have happened to you learn from them and keep it moving but you'll be better at the end of the day
0: love is the key love yeah. is the key because when you you know sometimes it takes time to get to a place where you can forgive yeah it's not an overnight thing it's not just oh I'm gonna I can I'm gonna forgive them so you know, I'm going to let this go. Some sometimes it takes time mm-hmm. to get to a place where you can forgive because you have to love yourself back whole. Mm-hmm. You have to love yourself back to a place where you are whole enough to let that go. Where you realize, you know, you get the lessons that you need right. to get out of that. It's a lesson. You realize, you know, the blessing that was tied to it. And so you can peacefully excuse me, peacefully release and move forward.
1: And offenses are gonna come. They are going to come. And they're gonna come sometimes from the places you least suspect. But I learned, even in like the relationship, don't ignore stuff. Um, Because that's what I learned about offenses, is that when you are offended by something someone did, you need to just slow everything down. And you really need to dissect that and look at that because um, there's something, especially in a relationship, there's something going on, but a lot of times we take, we ignore it. We ignore it. And we take for granted that that person is still loving you. You're just going through a rough patch. Yeah. Because, you know, you do go through rough patches, but you still have to stop. And look at stuff and just really, you know, don't be so quick to say something. Just observe, observe the situation, think about the situation and just look. And you will get the whole story, even when they're telling you a lie. Mm -hmm. You'll already see it for what it is. But and that was some mistakes I made. See, I saw it. I called, a, I called spades a spades right then. And I didn't get the whole picture because sometimes when you get the whole picture, when it's done, you got closure and it's done.
0: Yeah. But
1: sometimes when you, you flying off, you know what I'm saying? You don't really understand why that happened and why that person might've said that. So, you know, offenses come, I think they're just like little warnings to you you know to hold on take a look at that Mm -hmm. pay attention pay attention and so it's not for you to just be so quick to anger you heard what you heard you saw what you saw but now just now dissect that and just really look at it be slow to speak slow to get angry because you kind of could have just misinterpreted some things but you saw what you saw, you heard what you heard. Authority is power under control. And so you you bring your, your power under control because you have the ability to hurt someone with words, with your hands. You have the ability to destroy. But bring that power under authority, that authority, your power under control. And that way you walk away in one piece. You walk away with closure. You walk away with your head up high. And knowing that, you know what? I loved you. You did this, you did that, you did the other, but I loved you. I did what I was supposed to do. You know, I I stood by you. I, I supported you. I encouraged you. I supported you, you know, I did what I was, so everything I was supposed to do, you failed to do what you were supposed to do.
0: But sometimes also, because we failed to pay attention to those signals, Mm -hmm. we drag ourselves through it a little too long. A
1: long time. And if you had just paid attention, I mean, I just felt... um,
0: I mean, no, you you live and you learn. We don't have to go down that rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, we don't have to go. I mean, but I mean that also. That's hindsight, you know. It's yeah. like you know better, you do better. Right, right. When y'all know better, you you do what you know to and do. You can't do anything if you're better. You just can't. You
1: can't even. You know what I'm saying? You you can't. You're just gonna make toxic decisions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you're gonna do things. I'm going to get them before they get me. You're going to make different. If that situation will make you a bitter individual or it can make you a better
0: individual. Mm -hmm. I want you to give me three of your favorite sayings from your mama. Because my grandma had some sayings, child. Give me three of your favorite or three of your most memorable sayings.
1: Well, one that and don't try to don't try
0: have. to filter now, child. <laughs> one of them
1: was of all my mother's children, I love myself the best, and when my belly's full, to hell, hell with, with all, all the, the rest. rest. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one that she would tell us. That often. be her grace.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was her grace, child. Oh, you man. should have said no grace. That was it.
1: <laughs> and then you know. Just um, realizing that we are different and we do things different. One of her other sayings was, every woman kiss her man different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're just different people. You know, you do things different. You love your man different. You love your children different. You love life different.
0: So even if your man is creeping with another woman, it's not even about you, child.
1: No, no. Don't take the blame. Don't fall for that, boo. You know, I mean, you own your mess. If you know that you just not taking care of your man, your home, you know, your relationship, yourself, you know, own your mess. But if a man is just a whore, he's just a whore. And there's nothing you can do about a whore other than recognize it quickly and go the opposite direction if that's not what you're willing to deal with. And these days, I'm finding that some women are willing to deal with it. And you know what they do? They turn around and they start trying to play that game. Well, if he's going to cheat on me, I'm going to cheat on me, cheat on him. You're only going to lower your standards for someone that's not willing to change or appreciate you. You're going to belittle yourself to those levels just because that's who he is. I don't want to be I don't want to be with him, so why do I want to be like him? So, you know, come on ladies, hold yourself together. You know, get your counseling if that's what you need to do. Get with a good positive girlfriend, somebody else that's went through it. I used to see women get divorced and just sleep around like crazy um they're trying to heal from that rejection the they're same, feeling like the best
0: way to get over someone is to get under somebody else well
1: no <laughs> um yeah but just at the end messenger. of the day <laughs> at the end of the day you know you you're not gonna you're not gonna like the person that you've become as a result of stooping to somebody else's level you really not so third
0: saying from your mama
1: um, she used to say stuff like, oh, oh, you think like it, it was like, um, you see somebody doing something and you you're like, oh, they doing everything like so great, so perfect. You know, oh, oh, she does. She just makes she just uh, does this so nicely and she's just so sweet and she just, you know, you just bragging. her. Oh, he's just this and he's just that. She would say, yeah, a new broom do sweep clean.'" <laughs> I don't think I heard that one. Yeah, new broom sweep clean. You know, you see, it looks like it's just doing such an outstanding job. It's a new broom, you know, oh, it sweeps better.
0: like to say the grass looks greener on the other side. Exactly. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it can stay green, especially when it's artificial. It's a lie, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But, uh, or it can stay green if it's maintained. But, you know, hey.
0: So we're going to do the um, rapid fire questions. We'll do gospel edition because my mama don't know nothing about Drew Hill and Jagged Edge child. No, I don't know
1: Drew
0: Hill. Or Beyonce and Rihanna. She know a little something about Beyonce and Rihanna, (laughs) so I'm going to ask that one. But okay. All right, so Desert Island, um, what would you take? Three things you take on a desert island. Oh, boy. Not a deserted island, child. I said desert island.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking some water right away. Mm. I said a desert
0: island. A deserted, deserted island? Deserted island, child. Well, listen, I'm a survivor. What are you taking?
1: Uh, I'm tired ty- Listen, I'm I'm trying to take everything that help three. me. I three, three, a boat. Okay, I'm not staying. Go. Um, a knife. Okay. Um, and tennis shoes. Okay, I don't want my feet to get hurt while I'm trying
0: to survive. All right, and I gotta get out of there. I'm not staying. Child, stuck. Come on, let's go. Next question. These are fire questions. Okay, hit, hit it. <laughs> are you an early riser or do you like to sleep in? That's what I mean.
1: I like to rise early and get my day started.
0: Okay, since this is the gospel edition, I say silver or gold. <laughs> you, <you're a>
1: <laughs> Come on. Silver or gold, what you mean? Silver or gold, which one are you picking? I like gold. Okay.
0: What are your, what are your go-to spiritual tools? Prayer. hmm
1: Prayer, and um, you know, we don't. I don't do a lot of it as I used to, but fasting. When you don't know the answers, you don't know what else to do, and you're taking a stand sometimes just fasting. Fasting breaks things in us and breaks things in our atmospheres. And you know, so fasting and prayer.
0: Beyonce or Rihanna? Hmm. Uh,
1: I like Rihanna. Okay. I think I like Rihanna.
0: Rihanna speaks to the thug in my mama.
1: (laughs) Well, DMX did too. And T.I. a little bit. You might see me in the club, but you don't know me. (laughs) You know, so a little Dmx. You know, God rest his soul. All right. Yeah. So
0: this is the this is the gospel edition. So I gotta <laughs> say, Fred Hammond or Kurt Franklin.
1: Oh, Fred, Fred. I love Fred Hammond. Okay. Fred kind of get in there.
0: Commissioned or the winers? Oh, I love the
1: Okay. Yeah. All
0: right. Winings. All right. Last question. Mm-hmm. You, you taking a gun or a machete? Where? Where? (laughs) You taking a gun. You taking
1: a gun? Yeah. You can't show up to a gunfight with a knife. So you're going to always take that gun and don't get no revolver because you only have five to six shots. Get you a nine because then you can put a clip in, drop the clip when it's empty, slap another one in, cock it, and boom, you still rolling.
0: And child, don't get the extended clip.
1: Exactly. Hmm. So automatic. Get you a nine. Okay. I ain't got time for this and a lot of questions. Once I get through talking, is, you know, I'm ready to do whatever you want to do. <laughs> but in Jesus name.
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Y'all heard my mama. Look, I'm this is a, we did the Mother's Day gospel edition, child, and she brought it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, thank you for coming through, mama. I appreciate you. Mama say, "What is this podcast?" About? What is this yeah, about? Yeah,
1: you know, I didn't want to set up, you know, and I was trying. Not my to mama cry. thought I
0: was going to pull out the tarot cards, child, and be trying to read her cards. No, I didn't
1: think you was going to read. You got to live your life, Candice. Yeah. And I, I'm not ashamed of you. I'm not embarrassed by you. I love you. Mm-hmm. You're my child. I love my son. I love Chrissy. So, live your life, baby. And be free. And be happy. Because whatever is for you is going to be for you I agree and I'm I'm okay with that I agree because my mom sent us to church she didn't take us to church she sent us to church. I am at peace in loving my children just how you are. That's my mama y'all I love these I love mine so love
0: your people love yourselves. Thank you, mom. Welcome. All right, guys. That's it for today's episode. Be sure to share this episode with at least one friend. Share it with your mama if your mother is still living, or if you have a mother figure in your life, or a new mother. Um, share it with a mom. And also be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Write me a little review and let me know what you think about this podcast. Why you love Real Talk with spiritual bestie if you're interested in working with me we can connect through my website www.thespiritualbestie.com and if you're interested in monetarily supporting this podcast you can do so through cash app dollar sign spiritual bestie i love you guys thank y'all so much for listening until next time peace